Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Paintball, where it is your go-to spot or site, I guess, for new and used gear of any manufacturer. They have all kinds of stuff. They also have a, uh, a paintball kind of you know, current events site where they blog and make videos and everything. They also have this new program called uh, Trade In Your Gear where you can sign up and actually trade in your gear. I believe it's every month uh, based on what your current gear is uh, is worth. But um, it's very, very cool. Uh, these guys these guys have supported the podcast for a while now, and uh, I'm very happy to, uh, to be able to help them out and kind of spread the word. You know, they do a lot for the paintball community out there in, uh, in California, and, uh, you know, I'm glad to be helping them out. Uh, drpaintball.com, check them out, especially check out the, uh, the Trade In Your Gear program. And also, at checkout, no matter what you're getting, if you type in the, the promo code PLAYON, P-L-A-Y-O-N, you will get a free gift. I don't know what it is. It's a surprise. But if you type in PLAYON at, uh, at checkout, you will get a free gift. So uh, paintball, drpaintball.com, make sure you check them out. We are also brought to you by Carbon Paintball, uh, where we have all of the new CC line out. We have the, uh, the SC line out as well. We have all kinds of colors for the, uh, the SC packs. The CC gloves are out. The, uh, the new pads are coming out. We have elbow pads and knee pads. That's a part of the CC line. But uh, we have new products coming out too. We have, we have things being made right now as we speak. And if you guys have any kind of inquiries about, you know, if you want your team to be, excuse me, sponsored by uh, Carbon, shoot me an email, carl at carbonpainball.com, or go over to the website, check it out. There's also an email address there, uh, and we will answer your questions as quickly and efficiently as possible. Um, and also with, uh, with Carbon, if you type in the promo code, capital T-P-O-P, you will get 10% off your entire order. Uh, that is just that is just my phone hitting the ground. But um, but yeah, you will you will get 10% off your entire order. Capital T P O P. Um, yeah, check them out. Carbonpaintball.com. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Planet Eclipse, who makes the best markers on the planet, uh, especially like the one that I shoot, which is the LVR. But it's a new one this year. It's not the LVR, but it's a new LV platform marker that I will be shooting this year and uh, they look pretty slick I like them I like them a lot I think a lot of people out there will like them too and um, Aftershock will be shooting them the majority of Aftershock will be shooting them so uh, so a big shout out to Planet Eclipse make sure you head over to their website planeteclipse.com where you can find out all of the markers that they make oh yeah another one the GMEC mechanical frame or GTEC mechanical frame that um, they can find over there that thing has been a hot cake lately and uh, I can't wait to get my hands on one man those things are so awesome that is the only thing I'll shoot in a, in a mechanical form because I'm so bad at shooting an autococker I'll admit it and I am now but um, but make sure you check them out planeteclipse.com thank you to all of our sponsors for this podcast um, for this episode rather but uh but yeah, so this episode is with Brad Baldwin. You guys have out there probably seen his uh, his work. He is a photographer. Right now, he's kind of a freelance photographer for whoever in Las Vegas. He's looking for a team or person or, or company or whatever. But he is from uh, a company called From Inside the Net. Uh, you know, he 
printed out that uh, that full picture uh, magazine with all kinds of articles from Oliver Lang uh, to I believe Nico Hyde did one. Uh, I wrote one up for him. Very very cool guy. Uh, awesome pictures. You know, awesome content in the magazine. And uh, just an overall awesome dude. Great, great guy. Great conversation. I had a really good time talking to him, and I know that you guys are going to, go, uh, going to enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you at the end. Brad, how you doing? Hey, man, good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I... Uh, I'm glad I finally got you on here, especially, I, 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 first off, for everybody, this is, uh, if, if you haven't heard of him yet, you probably haven't seen the face behind the lens and the mask and everything, but this is uh, from Inside the Nets, Brad Baldwin, right, Baldwin? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad Because <laughs> I follow, because you have two Instagrams, right? Yeah, I have one that's more like all my landscape type stuff, and then I, the uh, paintball one. Um, from inside the net, so it is, the landscapes are amazing. It, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's incredible. I mean, it's it is one of the coolest ones that I follow. I can say, uh, just because I'm so I'm such a visual person, right? And I think that's why I like Instagram so much more than I do Facebook, is because <laughs> you know it's just everyone has you know seen through everybody else's eyes is what you're seeing, and yeah, there's, I love I love seeing all your stuff, man. Yeah, that really. Uh... We got moved out to California about four years ago, and that's when a lot of that landscape and stuff really took off for me. I mean, it's hard to be, you know, within like three and a half hours of Yosemite and not go there often. So, <laughs> yeah. So, what? Uh, where are you originally from? Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, um, and then went to college at Penn State, um, and then from there, my first job was in uh, Washington D.C., um, and we lived there for about three years and then um i got a job offer from facebook and they moved us out to california um san francisco oh really yeah so that was um 2013 so yeah a little over four years out here now so how do you get approached by facebook um it was just i actually applied through uh linkedin um <laughs> one of the few that yeah just went in randomly on linkedin and applied and uh Ended up going through their long interview process and got the job offer, which is uh, pretty crazy. We, uh, my wife and I, we were getting married, I think like two weeks before I got the job offer. Mm -hmm. um, so we got married, had a seller condo, went on a two-week uh, honeymoon to Fiji, and then had to move to San Francisco all within like a month. So, jeez, oh, <laughs> sounds like a terrible time, right? <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, yeah, it's been good out here. It's uh, definitely a lot different from the East Coast. So. Oh yeah, I mean, it's cold. It's, I mean, the only thing uh, I, I, being from the Midwest, I enjoy the Midwest. Um, I don't, in you know, I don't like the fact that the sport that I am semi somewhat good at is mm -hmm. uh, like a seasonal sport where it's you need to play outside and have right. really good weather, but. Uh, um, you know, I like the seasons. I like seeing the the leaves change and the snow. You know, right now I'm kind of pissed because uh, it's just been it feels like it's been cold for way too long. And <laughs> I, I like the snow. I just don't like the cold. But um, I love fall. And but, right, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's a nice thing with San Francisco. I mean, we can be out like kind of in the woods and see fall within like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, Tahoe is like three, three and a half, so we can be there for all the snow and stuff. So um, 
We, I mean, we, we get a little bit, but yeah, we don't have the exact four seasons right where we are. Yeah. Uh, my wife really misses. She would go back east anytime. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make the sacrifices. Um, so what, uh, what got you involved in photography? Um, I think it was actually paintball that got me into photography to start with. Um, kind of got into paintball. I was like sixth grade. Um, one of my friends, you know, had a magazine in class and just looked through there. And at the time, um, I was really big into playing soccer all growing up. Um, I mean, I was three to four times a week we'd have practice and then traveling on the weekend. So there's really never time for uh, paintball. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I still wanted to play and I would beg uh, my parents for a gun and everything. But it's always no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the way I ended up getting a gun was just by chance. I had to go in for like an MRI on my knees and they found like a tumor in my leg. And my mom felt so bad for me. She took me to the store and got me a paintball gun. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the tumor ended up, it was, it was fine. It went away on it. So it was benign. So, um, oh. It's fine on that end, yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I got my first gun and everything. Um, but as I said, like all growing up, it was always soccer, so I could never really commit to a team and play full time for paintball. Mm -hmm. um, so I would just bring my camera with me to practices and kind of just started from there. Yeah, I mean, even thinking about that, like I wonder if because I don't know how the high school and the, and the grade school sports. Uh, you know, f how those function now and if they're even integrating any kind of that kind of sport, uh, extreme sport aspect into like the high school sports. Like I was thinking about it, uh, started doing uh, jujitsu and I wonder if they would ever start incorporating that into like the sports regime that a certain high school or grade school has or if it's just always going right, to be that's... soccer, baseball, football, this, this, this. Right. Yeah. When people always say about growing paintball and everything, I mean, I really think one of the major pushes has to be like at the college level or high school level. I mm -hmm. mean, for my parents, it's always just it's not a legitimate sport. You can't quit soccer and go play paintball. So, <laughs> yeah. And there there lies the exact reason why we're not at the level that we should be um, mm -hmm. with, with paintball. And, it, and it's also with it being unless you're very, very fortunate of being close to a field and know somebody at the field and you get paint, you're not going to be able to practice during the week. You have to wait to those weekends right. because it's not like skateboarding or anything else or, or riding your bike. You can just grab it and go after school. It's kind of like, you know, nobody's going to be there. And then, you know, at that level, are you ready to drill by yourself and really mm -hmm. drilling accurately? You know what I mean? So that that's, that's the tough part, part with paintball right now, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely tough growing up. I mean, it's interesting looking back now how involved I am with paintball, but soccer, I just really don't really care about. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, so with the photography, um, I would say, like, Dell Hobbies was the closest to me in New Jersey. Yeah. And that's where, like, Arsenal and Justice and a lot of those A-team and a lot of those old good, like, seven-man uh, teams and I think even ten-man back then. That was probably like 2002, 2003-ish, I want to say. I think so. Did you know uh, Mike Zapp? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been Zapp for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a real cool dude. I yeah, I just I, uh, yeah, I have some I have some funny pictures from him probably from like ten years ago. He has like a pink bandana around his neck and all that. And... <sighs> That's there's always a photographer in the group, and it's always good to go because uh, you remember Brandon Showers. 
Oh yeah, of course. Yep. Uh, he grew up in the in the Titman camp, and he was always doing photography through then. And he's he's always had some really great pictures like that I can look back on and be like, man, those are really good pictures. So that, it brings back so many memories. It's not just some random like, or or yeah, it might be just some random photo, and then it kind of clicks in your brain, you know, of of that memory. But that, that yeah, that's cool. I figured I'd bring that up if you knew Mike or not. Oh yeah, yeah. Jersey. I've known him for a long time, so. So were you playing? Um, were you playing more uh, paintball at, at this point than you were soccer? Oh no, no. I mean, soccer was right through college. I mean, it was. Oh okay. It's so I would serious. Say, uh, every day of the week, hour and a half each way to practice. My dad would drive me every day, and then weekends we'd be traveling. So um, with paintball, I mean, back then it was kind of like if you're athletic, you could do pretty well on your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's a lot different today. Um, so, I mean, I would like randomly be able to hop on and play a couple like tournaments. Like I think I played the IAO in 2003 or four and we played like LTZ before they were really LTZ and got our asses kicked. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I played a little bit, um, but it never got to a point where I could just fully commit and give everything to paintball. So that's kind of why photography was a little easier to just keep going with that. Now, were you uh, were you semi somewhat interested at at this point, or did you kind of just have an inkling that you wanted to do photography? Um, it was just a fun thing. I mean, at the beginning, it was all just in between points, pulling out the camera and uh, taking pictures, and um, I didn't really have any plans to yeah take it anywhere. Um, and then just as that kind of as I got, I guess better and better at it, I just kind of just started doing like tournaments like GPL and AXBL and some of those Northeast regional tournaments um, is where I kind of started from there. And then I got in with the um, Arsenal kids camp um, and they were playing out of the field Cobra command, like out of the Philly area. Mm -hmm. Um, So their owner there kind of started paying for me to travel to all the NPPL events. And that was 2007. So that year was that was probably like my biggest year if we go way back, two thousand seven yeah. as far as national events. I did a lot of the NPPL events um back then and just followed the Arsenal kids. That was kind of when you had Splat Kids, uh drama and that whole like D two E three back then was just really good baseball. Yeah. Uh, so that was a good time back then. I mean aftermath was, you know, in their prime and kind of all those old teams too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think back then, uh too it was even the semi-pro uh, back then was was oh, really yeah. intense. I mean, it, it's weird. But, I mean, I'm I don't feel like it, it's the same now. Like you know, drama and some of those D three D two teams. I think D two is kind of when they were really at their peak, but they were selling jerseys and more popular than some pro teams back then. Yeah, and I feel like now divisional teams. I don't know if anyone really has that same following um, as it was back then, and. Um, I don't know if that's just like PB Nation. If that's, I mean, that's a huge change too. I feel with the social side of paintball, yeah, and where some early teams got their huge gatherings from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what, uh, what exactly because I, I mean, I wasn't necessarily following divisional, but I know you know coming up through the divisional ranks, even playing D two with Titman back in oh three oh four. I mean, it was there were crowds around the nets and the divisionals too, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now, I'll go around the events and I'll see, you know, the different crowds. But I feel like, it, yeah, it's nothing like it used to be. Right. 
So uh, let me ask you a couple questions about because um, now that we're kind of into you, uh, you know, shooting, I guess, professionally um, at this point. Well, you're getting paid for it anyway. Uh, right. You're a camera for hire. But um, so what is your take on getting the perfect paintball shot like to you? Like, is it uh, is it off the break? Is it something where you want it to be more actiony than kind of stand still in the pits kind of thing? Like, what is your what's your go to uh, shot? Yeah, I mean, the pits are definitely where I mean, I like to spend a lot of my time, especially like on a Sunday when the games are really matter and there's a lot of, you know, intensity and stuff within the pits and getting people's emotions and expressions. Um, I think it's totally different, you know, seeing someone without their mask on and um, you get a lot of feelings out of those shots. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the chin straps have interfered a little bit with that. I feel <laughs> they're uh, getting in a way a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, the pits, I love being in the pits. But on the field, um, I mean, when people ask me for advice on paintball shots, I just tell them, look where all the other photographers are and go the other way. I mean, you'll see, you know, five all grouped together and everyone's getting that same exact shot. shot. So I always try and, you know, go down the sideline a little more and get a different angle um, than what everyone else is trying to get. Which, I mean, I could see in the beginning when you're starting out, it's hard because you know if you're in that spot, it's going to be a great shot and you're kind of taking that chance of walking somewhere else to get something different, which might not work out all the time. So Yeah, and it's that learning curve. And I, and I think with um, just like with anything else is that – uh, or at least what I think with photography, it's always it's got to be your perspective, right? So you have mm-hmm. to have, and it's about angles and obviously lighting and everything. But I think with paintball, it's it's the best angle that you can get. I mean, I think the better shot you can get. I think the more for me, the more like abstract the angle uh, is a cooler shot. I mean, because everybody has those, you know, those newer photographer shots where it's off the break or a guy just coming to his bunker. But if you can get ones that are you know, I like I like the ones where uh, you you had a couple of me where I'm kicking up a bunch of dust, right? And mm-hmm. just just something that gives it a little bit more, you know, drama to the shot. I think is I think is really what you are very very uh, good at doing. Yeah, I would say there. Um, I mean, I love to lay down. I would say for ninety five percent of my pictures, I'm always laying down and kind of looking up at you guys, and um, and I feel like that perspective really it gives you guys a little bit more scale when you're running right at me. And then as well as, as you said, like getting the dust and all those extra kind of details when you guys are diving in, um, laying down really helps with that. Uh, so what, um, at what point was it where, uh, or was it in 2007 at the MPPLs? But, uh, but at what specific point, if there was one, uh, were you like, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty damn good at this and I could, I could turn this into something. Um, you know, it's always hard for a photographer because everyone loves the uh, photographer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're always, you know, oh, you have the best pictures ever and, you know, you always get so much praise and all that. Um, I'm sure you can take your own work though, right? I mean, you're always right. striving probably to, to do better in your eyes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally for me, I mean, like I'll sit here and like look for, you know, a photo to post on, post on Instagram. I might edit five then hopefully I, you know, pick one I like and then I'll go back like tomorrow and look at what I edited last night like what was I thinking usually (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I mean it's always a learning process um as far as that goes too um yeah so was I mean was there a uh but yeah as far as like a turning point for like keep going with it um 
I mean, it was more just you're not going to, you know, make a ton of money off the photography from paintball. So yeah. it's more just building relationships and just, you know, seeing like watching the Arsenal kids develop through the divisional ranks and just becoming friends with them and other teams like that and just wanting to be there at events and being with like all my friends and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, as long as I always just got all my expenses covered, I was just fine with it. Um, Aren't we all? um so you get into college at penn state yeah um which is a very nice jacket you have on by the way thank you Uh, i'm a i'm an ohio state fan not a crazy ohio state fan but it just looks like a nice jacket (laughs) well like to me i'm a hockey fan like I, i like my hockey even college sports like i'll watch the uh the ohio state and uh michigan game but i'm not like I'm not throwing furniture if it doesn't go Ohio State's way. Like it, it right. doesn't matter to me. But yeah, man, I'll watch the Red Wings. Yeah, more than Penn anything. State. Uh, they just added a D1 hockey team with the last few years, and I know they've been performing pretty well. But really, um, yeah, I know they they were top twenty, and then they uh, lost like five three to Notre Dame the other night, and they're ranked two. So, oh, cool. Yeah, there's always a big like big rivalries between. Ohio State here, obviously Michigan, but Michigan State's a really good club. Um, yeah. Bowling Green, which is only like 20 minutes from me, there was like a, a four-team conference tournament or something, and Bowling Green ended up winning it. It's a smaller of all the schools that right. ended up winning. It was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, so you're you're at Penn State. Uh, you're a student there. What are you, what are you studying, studying at Penn State? Um, I did supply chain management and international business. Um, so supply chain is pretty much like the purchasing from raw materials of a product through actual manufacturing, getting it out to customers. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I went in for that major and stuck with it, um, for the four years I was there. Nice. And, uh, you, did Penn State have a, they didn't have a college team at that time, did they? I'm trying to think because I did go to a meeting and, I believe the year I went, they just had all their funding cut. Um, so at that time, um, like they were playing at Pittsburgh, I want to say All American Paintball Park, mm-hmm. which would which would have been a bit of a drive from Penn State. And again, just with school and committing and everything, I just wasn't up for you know the two plus hour drive every weekend. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's so. the predicament I'm in right now. Is um, you know I'm trying to obviously. Shocker, Aftershock as a whole is trying to keep up with everybody that's been playing on the West Coast and you know, and uh, mm. in Texas since after World Cup. Um, and me myself, I the closest, God, I think the closest indoor to me is at least two hours away. Wow. Yep. And then, um, and then a really nice field, but it's it's an outdoor field. Is uh, Level Up Sports? Dave Pando runs that down in Columbus. But, yeah, um, I've seen pictures. That, that field looks really nice. From yeah, what yeah. As soon as it warms up and it's not 15 degrees here, I'd love to go outside and play. I see pictures of people going outside and playing in the snow. I'm like, that looks terrible. I, I would. It, I'm. I don't know if I'm just too late in my career. Where I'm like, eh, it's just. It's not worth it for me to get frostbite on my fingers. Yeah, I, I mean, a majority of my uh, friends on Facebook through PayPal are still from the Northeast, so I see all their winter photos, so I'm just, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> it does not look like fun. It never <laughs> even did when I first started playing. Whenever everybody was like, well, let's go play in the snow. I'm like, no, 
It sounds like a terrible idea. I don't want to play this though. I don't. I don't like it when it rains and playing paintball. So I'm going to hate it when it snows because it's just the mm-hmm. same thing, but cold, even right. colder. So I, no, thank you. Uh, nice and dry California weather. That'd be. Pr- I mean, if I could have that, you know, maybe. 80% of the time the seasons here instead of having such the, the summertime and the cold are same equal amounts of time during the seasons is it's killing me. Um <laughs> it sucks. But um let's see uh you're in college now. You're uh, are you still getting paid at this point to uh to shoot for teams? Yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, every event I would kind of do the for hire thing, and then there's a few uh, like smaller companies that would hire me to um, to do photos. So, what companies were you shooting for? Um, it was really weird. Like one random store, like uh, store in Austria, wanted me to get a bunch of photos for them to put in their store. Really. So, yeah, um, yeah, they had this really good one of like Gator getting blasted like straight in the face that they got blown up and put on one of their walls, and uh, they put like a billboard outside their store. So um, oh, that was really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, I want to say it was Warp Sports or someone who made parts because it was like the Warp Ninjas team. Mm-hmm. They had me do a bunch of like design and graphic work for them. Um, and I know like triggers with a spy, maybe was that a violent, violent triggers. Yeah. That might've been it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, um, of course, Arsenal kids were, I mean, that got the owner of that organization was covering most of all my costs. So now was this your, uh, was this your income while you were in college or did you have a side job? Um, yeah, I mean, back then you could. Um, I feel like it's harder now to make money in paintball photography. It was a little easier back then. People were more willing to spend a bit more yeah. for hiring. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was definitely making decent money going to each event um, and doing pretty okay on that. So when your uh, when your last year of college came up, uh, what was uh, what was your direction? Where were your what was your so, what were your intentions? So actually, so paintball photography, like 2007, was big. 2008, I think I did two events, Phoenix and NEO at All-American Paintball Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2009, I only did Huntington Beach. Um, I think I did that because it was supposed to be maybe the last Huntington Beach, so I had to make it up for that one. Yeah. Um, and then after that, kind of just completely lost paintball. Um, stopped following, stopped photographing. Um, graduated college in 2010. And then that following summer, 2011, when I settled down and figured I could actually commit myself to paintball again, um, I got on one of the lift teams, um, Long Island fight team. Mm-hmm. Sure, if you rem- remember them, but they had a pretty good uh, D1 team for a while back then, and then we made a D3 team. Um, so we played out of uh, OXCC paintball park, and I was driving again. It was over two hours from Washington D.C. Um, and during the summer, with all the people going to the shore and stuff, I mean, traffic was just outrageous. So yeah. <laughs> that lasted, I think I, we, I did like three events and um, just walked away from it. Um, felt pretty fulfilled for being able to dedicate myself and play, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. play a little bit and then kind of moved on. Um, and a lot of those guys actually went on to become the Brooklyn Bears. Um, so, yeah, that's how I kind of started. I stayed with them when I came back to paintball. Um, fortunately, they broke up now. But yeah, 
So when did you um, when did you officially come back to start shooting for yourself? Or I mean, or was has it ever been for yourself, or have you always been shooting? Well, you obviously had been. the books. Yeah, it's, it's always been for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of those, like, you'll see on Instagram, I'll post a lot of pictures from that, like, 2007, 2009 time frame. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I was just so, so bad with editing back then that a lot of those photos were never before seen. So yeah. <laughs> a lot of those are getting posted for the first time. And um, I don't know, that's just kind of what I like with photography, um, with the paintball photography. It's just, it's easy to get burnt out on. Mm-hmm. Um because it's very repetitive. I mean, when you're at an event, it's almost the same breakouts every single time and same shots oh, yeah. over and again. So that's why um, I think it's like Gary Baum always says, photographers last three years. Um, and just from an artistic standpoint, it does just you know get a little bit boring and tedious. So what? Uh, so what are your plans? I mean, do you plan on uh, shooting again next year and continuing? Yeah, I mean, your magazines. I, I put out some, you know, feelers just through Instagram and seeing what I get back through that. And I mean, I haven't gotten anything for Vegas yet, so we'll see. Uh, we'll talk later. <laughs> so we'll see if I'm in Vegas or not, which I mean, it's a little surprising. Um, yeah. But that's paintball life. Yeah. Like you never, I mean, one minute everybody's asking you and the next minute it's like crickets. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, the paintball industry is definitely different from, you know, photography industry than especially different from, you know, supply chain, what I do in my re- in my other career. So it's yeah. definitely a different animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, what, what do you do at, uh, at Facebook? So I stay at Facebook for about two years, and that was all um, supply chain within – that was more of an internal supply chain for all their data centers throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we handled all the hardware and stuff like that and the purchasing and getting it out to their, to the warehouse or not warehouses, data centers. Um, so like Sweden, all over the U S and traveling out to them mm-hmm. and working on projects. Um, so after yeah, two years, I took an offer from PlayStation and um, at PlayStation, I was doing like supply chain network design, um, determining you know where the warehouses are in relationship to customers and um, pricing projects to make sure um, you know just efficiencies within the warehouses and cost reduction type projects. Oh, cool! And yeah. that's your current employer. Uh, I actually left them like three months ago in November. Um, just got completely burnt out and now just taking time and traveling around and just having a little bit of fun before yeah. looking for my next, <laughs> next one. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, I mean, it sounds like you know what you're doing if you're working for all those companies. and. Yeah. You know. No, it's, uh, it's definitely been, uh, it's been a good, uh, what is it, four and a half years now in California and with those two companies. So, um, But now I think we want to get up to like Seattle or Portland or if my wife gets her way back east. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my next question if if, uh, if you plan on staying down in California. I lived in uh, Seattle, well, Tacoma for a little bit okay. and uh, for about a little over a year, I think. But, uh, I mean, that place is beautiful. The scenery is beautiful. The little cold and wet at times. But uh, if you can get over that, then it's – I loved it up there. Yeah, I usually do probably like – two road trips a year to Seattle. Um, 
So, yeah, just it's a little closer, you know, to the mountains and the beach than San Francisco is. So, mm, yeah, I've been trying to convince my wife to jump on an airplane and take a vacation over there, but she still hasn't been on one flight yet in her entire oh, really? life. Yeah, so I I was telling her I was like, well, what better way than across the country on an airplane? Yeah. Just skip all the little ones. Um, so, uh, so to the NXL, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's another thing I think people who, who follow you on, uh, on Instagram or, um, or anywhere else, you kind of, not necessarily butt heads, but you, you bring to light some of the things that are questionable of what the league is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one of the first things I saw was, uh, you're posting about how, I think it was last year. I don't know if it was just a World Cup thing, but how they were putting were they giving photographers limited amount of time or a limited amount of actual shooting time um, on the fields? Yeah. So there's a. I actually just got it today again um, for because I registered for Vegas, so I got the rule sheet um, for this year, and they had it again. It's like an agreement with. Go sports um, that if you're a videographer you can't video for longer than 15 seconds um, well I should say you can film like a minute clip but then when you post that clip it can't be a continuous 15 second so yeah you have to chop every clip up into 15 second increments which I, mean, I guess for a lot of the way a lot of guys are editing now it might not be a huge deal it's a highlight um, video pretty much right but yeah, anything longer, I mean, 15 seconds, I mean, that's usually about a breakout by the time everyone runs and dives into their spots. Mm-hmm. That's usually like a good 10 seconds right there. So, I mean, you're not much, it's not much time at all. Um, no, but I mean, do you still think it's, I mean, do you still think it's kind of, you know, shitty that they're, they are limiting it like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it, the surprising part too is it even falls under, the NXL's own video guys that they can't film longer than that either. So I just don't know how some of these deals get get done where even the NXL hurts themselves to bend over for go sports agreements. And I, I know all the money is kind of intertwined with each other, but it just doesn't make much sense to me. No, and I always wondered with go sports is why is it uh, – it seems like go sports is this third-party um, company – that has so much control over what the NXL can show, does, how it's filmed. I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of people, and I feel like there's there's so much room for improvement uh, from Ghost Sports on how we can you know manage a few things. Mm-hmm. Honestly and personally, I feel like our best bet as a paintball industry, world, whatever you want to call it, I feel like we should go after the YouTubes and the Netflixes and the Amazon, or at least let's start maybe on some kind of live platform. You know, call it Facebook and stream for free on Facebook or uh, Facebook or Inst- or um, YouTube, and get get it out there. Get the names. Get the get the the sport itself. Get it out there to the people who have no idea what the hell this thing is. And get it out to the people who will always ask me, "Oh, I didn't know you could do that professionally. I didn't, I didn't know you could do that," which happens all the all the time. Um, and, and get those views coming in because the the people that are paying for the monthly ghost sport, and this is nothing against ghost sports. I understand everybody is trying to you know help the sport out, grow the sport, hashtag grow the sport, whatever you want to do. But I mean, I, I think there's ways we should go about it, and I think 
everything costs money. I understand that, but I, I think the only people who are paying are the people who already play the sport, who already know about it, who already want to watch it. And how many times do they go back in with how much it is? How many times do they go back in and watch games in the off season, or, or you know, what games do they go back and watch? I understand. I believe there's jujitsu on there, and then some lacrosse stuff. But um, which, yeah, I mean, I've heard that that you mentioned lacrosse and jujitsu that Ghost Sports is using the money that they're making off paintball to fund those even. So that really just, I mean, that blows my mind too that they're using the paintball money, you know, to fund other. Um, video aspects. I mean, I know they have to grow their business, but yeah. I feel on the paintball side, there's such a letdown still. I mean, we're still not up to a point where the webcast is running 100% of the time at events. It always seems like there's some type of downtime, and mm -hmm. uh, I, th I think there's a lot of room for improvement on that side. Yeah, um, yeah, and I understand that the paintball side of it is a lot more you know, tedious as far as, you know, where the, where it's going to be placed, especially with any other sport because you don't have to worry about getting shit all over it or anything like that. Else. But I, I was wondering is do they market this Go Sports thing to the crowds of the of jujitsu and lacrosse and these other sports like they do to paintball? Like, hey, buy this membership and you can go in and watch this. Is it is it the same marketing as far as they're concerned? Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what goes on on that side but just speaking to how you know i think everyone agrees that the webcast should be free um and i was kind of wondering with ghost sports i mean everyone i know that pays that was it nine dollars a month is usually a player i mean obviously not all the players but a lot mm -hmm. of them subscribe to it and then go back later that night to watch games in their hotel rooms and things like that so i was wondering like if ghost sports you know did the webcast live for free and then kept premium memberships so you could DVR games and all those interviews and field breakdowns, yeah. all extra stuff. How many subscribers would they really lose if they moved to a free webcast but then still offered that additional content for the $9 a month? Yeah, but I, I think we need to figure out some kind of some kind of area where a bunch of people are already on. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Facebook, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, that's really the simplest way. I mean, what do they have, like $2 billion on their platform now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think uh, someone messaged me a while ago, um, one of the Mason brothers from Pro Paintball, um, he saw that Iron City Classic, I think it was Simon or someone was live streaming on Facebook from that, and then that randomly popped up on his feed, which he hadn't thought about paintball in years, so then he messaged me and started talking to me about paintball again and talking yeah. about like, the Pro Paintball website and getting that going again and stuff like that, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I think Facebook is, I would say that's the easiest way to reach a ton of people. Um, I mean, I, I hate when like the pro, like all the pros are posting, you know, go check me out at 9am on GoSports.com. Like no random friend is going to go click on that, pay $9 to watch you play paintball for the first time. So on a, on a Friday when right. they have to go to work or they're at school or something. See, and that's another thing. Let's say you have family. So you're going to have your family unless you give them your login information but you're going to have your family go on and watch it at the exact time you know and they can't go back in and watch it unless they log in and go find it or whatever which is either the exact time or i don't even think they load them up until the end of the day or something right I, i'm honestly not too sure with i don't i don't have a membership yeah i don't either <laughs> <laughs> so um but i don't know i mean it's there's such a a, a 
pros and cons to everything, right? So it's like they're obviously trying to do something for the sport. But the NXL and Go Sports, they are in in that aspect having a monopoly of, you know, on the sport. And there's not much that the players or even the people involved have a say about anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, even like say they went to, you know, Facebook and now their viewership is going to go up, you know, X amount, five times, 20 times the amount of that 6,000 subscriber base they have now. Um, I would think they would be able to, you know, charge additional ad rep, get more ads and revenue from that too, to maybe offset the costs. Um, Cause I know millennium, they posted some of their Facebook live statistics last year and mm-hmm. they seem pretty impressive. Um, I mean, definitely bigger than, you know, 6,000 subscribers. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of the no duh feeling. I feel like it's like, why like i understand like you said they're you know it's obviously business they're trying to make money but it's like every the players in the league are all doing it individually with all of their social media and their lives and all this and you know i i'm doing it every once in a while with this but uh you you think the league itself or the nxl would you know or because they're in a go sports contract they can't do it post on facebook go live on facebook go live on youtube and and make this thing bigger than what it ever has been before in the past yeah i mean i I really do think it's now you know up to the players to bring it to that next step i think we've been kind of the game has been in well the pro like game itself the level of play has gone up um you know just the where we thought it was 10 years ago to now is not where you know kind of almost went nowhere Mm -hmm. um meanwhile the players are putting so much more into it not really getting back what we all thought um, yeah. And I mean, it's like, yeah, like Ronnie, you know, you, um, Trevor, uh, Alex Gray, all doing the podcasts and vlogs. Um, I really think that's kind of what needs to be taken from the players up now to take it to the next step. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, I, what I've always said, I think with the podcast is that, uh, you know, it's, it's bringing these stories that are virtually untold unless they're, you know, on the ears of the ones in the room, uh, I'm taking these stories and bringing them out to people who really would love to hear them. And that's, that's what I really enjoy about doing this. Um, but it's even people's opinions. I mean, not everybody can express themselves on, on Facebook or Instagram with how they really feel. I mean, you have those little blips on Instagram. Um, but you know, some people probably just blow through it. Oh, I got to read something. No, no, screw that. But like on here, What's nice is that, you know, anybody listening can actually kind of get more of a feeling of how you really feel or how I really feel about it. And, um, you know, and, and that's, yeah, that's, that's the funny thing with like Instagram. Cause honestly, I'm probably like one of the quietest people you'll meet. And then like, I feel like, you know, I'll like, you know, if something really bothers me, like, I mean, that's when it gets to that point, like I'll type something about, you know, that Excel or whatever mm-hmm. on Instagram. It's like, some people who probably are, you know, new to following might not get that. And I sometimes forget that, you know, the following is a lot bigger than what it used to be. And I'm not really being more careful, but just remembering a little bit that my audience is a little bigger than what it used to be. <laughs> but what what I've come to learn too, uh, because I hopefully my, you know, the podcast continues to grow. Um, but what I've learned throughout this whole thing is that 
no matter whether you have 10,000 followers, 5,000, 10,000, a million, whatever, the reason you have all those people is because they value in some way your content or your opinion or your, right. your views on things. So, and I always took it at, you know, because I've always got people like, well, why did you say that? Well, why did you say this? Or they agree with me on things. And I'm like, regardless of how you feel, like I'm, I'm going to be myself and tell you how I feel. And I'm not going to let anybody say, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, if I'm on a team or whatever, I'm not going to say anything, you know, shitting on the team or anything, but, uh, or the sponsors or, you know, the whole code that we got to go by. But, um, but it's still, it's still not going to, you know, suppress my opinion on anything. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, I think the hard part too is, you know, I'll say some of these things and I'll get so much feed, you know, positive feedback, but then it's almost sometimes like I'm the only one speaking sometimes. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, but like you said, I mean, I can't expect players or anyone to go past their sponsors or anything like that. I mean, yeah. so yeah, it's a little hard um, in that respect, but um, no, I mean, yeah, all the feedback's been positive. So um, I mean, well, I think because a lot of it is, you know, true. I mean, a, a lot of it needs to be brought to attention. Uh, you know, if players and photographers like yourself or videographers, excuse me, are uh, are unhappy or think that, that something is kind of flipped upside down, it needs to be, you know, come to a head. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think the way, you know, a lot of my issues were kind of, around the NXL and just how they treated the media and when we're, we all want to grow the sport so much and, you know, some, sometimes the decisions they make feels like it hurts the growth a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, just as we we're talking about with the webcast being limited to subscribers and then, you know, I tried getting media passes, other pro passes in the past. Um, like last year, um, my how much are they? How much are the pro passes? Just to step on the field I, and take pictures. I got lucky with being the print magazine. They kind of, they ended up waving that for me. Yeah, I think it's like if you want to just take pictures, I want to say it's like fifty dollars. And then if you want to sell pictures, so like hire teams or anything, it's like another hundred. So one fifty. I guess that's then, not too bad. No, but I, I mean, why though? I mean, I mean there there is that. I mean, I guess it depends. Like you know, are you signing something with the NXL saying that you won't, you know, sell your pictures? Is that the whole thing? Or are they just going, well, just, just tell us if you do. Um, yeah, tech, I mean, technically if they catch you selling pictures and I guess when you come out to the next event, they'll, when you go to register, they'll have that hundred dollar fee on there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, my, my big thing is there's not really like a censorship as far as like, quality goes to because um, like I said I was trying to get another pro pass for my buddy who shoots for the Red Sox and at that time I think he was with ESPN mm -hmm. and I couldn't get a second pro pass for him that was 2016 season they mm -hmm. wouldn't give me one for him <laughs> just because just, yeah just, it makes no sense I mean he's, he was with ESPN shot for Purdue Athletics like full resume why can't he be on the field? Well, and it's not like the uh, it's not like the sidelines are are flooded with photographers. No, that's the thing. Like Friday, Saturday, like the pro field is pretty empty with photographers. Sunday, it does get a little crazy, especially during finals. But um, yeah, Friday, Saturday, I mean, those sidelines are empty. So 
Um, I mean, my idea would be, you know, kind of like newer photographers, like if they want to get on the pro field, like let them Friday. I mean, there's really yeah. no one out there. And I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, yeah. They're not going to do anything that's going to hurt the game or anything. So it gets them that experience too. And I mean, everyone wants to shoot you guys. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah. And, and just to be able to say, you know, I got on the pro field and, and, to have those pictures yourself be like i took these it's not it's not divisionals it's it's actually pro teams it would be pretty cool um so why not videography why why have you stayed with photography and not uh, moved over into a motion picture it's uh, a good question um i mean i've i fool around with it a little bit like when impact comes out to uh Sacramento I'll go up to their practice on the layout weekend and do video for those mm. um, but I don't know if it's I don't think I would ever be quite happy with videos um, I because I really like um, was it Dan Napoli yeah uh, like his style is really the only type of videos I watch storytelling um, yeah storytelling yep. documentary you no know, like crazy music or anything like that uh, yeah, no, I feel you, man. I'm the same yeah. way. I like, I like my uh, my storytelling and my whole like Pat Spore, Dan Dan Napoli. I'm not much of like a highlight video kind of guy. Like it's it's cool every once in a while, but sometimes mm -hmm. it just can gets overplayed a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, I would always envision something like his project, and I don't know, maybe I just haven't really sat down the time to like think about it and planned it out for like a full season or something. And yeah. And, I don't know, photos, I mean, that's, like, if I'm trying to get my expenses covered, I mean, that's what's going to get it done right now. I don't really have a video resume to get anything covered, so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'll fool around with it every once in a while at the events, too, and play around, but just sticking with photos for now. Yeah, Which I is funny, though, because, I mean, like, I'll post videos and, like, social media. I mean, they're, they're the ones that just absolutely kill it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, photos, I mean... The uh, speaking of social media too, you have that other um, that other Instagram, which is Brad Baldwin or Baldwin uh, Photography. What is it again? It's a uh, Brad M Baldwin. Brad M Baldwin. Uh, yeah. What camera are you using for those? Uh, so that's a mix of like old thirty-five millimeter and medium format film cameras. Um, that like one is one of my original cameras that I even shot back in the day of like Arsenal and stuff on film. Um, I think actually that's where I shot like 2003 NPPL New Jersey. I shot on that camera and I still have it. <laughs> um, I shot that through the netting there when I was like 12 or 13 years old. But That's awesome. Um, but yeah, a lot of film. And then um, one of my digital cameras I use for paintball, Canon uh, 6D. Um, I use that as well. Do you have, uh, have you ever put out like a gallery, like a landscape gallery or anything like that and try and sell your no, pictures? I um, I thought about like starting to sell like prints and stuff like that, um, but haven't looked into galleries or anything like that. I guess galleries kind of a little, a, a lot. Now that I think I about, feel it, like it's, like... I mean, it's kind of scary. Like <laughs> you put out this like if you don't have like a big you know friend base in an area, and you put out like an invite and no one comes to your gallery show. It's like damn. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's like you think about it, and there's always those moments of like fuck it. Like, yeah, like why not? You know, like, what do I have to lose besides, you know, maybe renting the space that I'm going to have the gallery in and spending all this money to make these pictures? But in the end, it's like, you know, you can say you did it. It's kind of one of those little stamps. 
in the same. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the hardest part with like photography because I mean everyone you know has the different eye and like what looks good to you might be complete shit to someone else. So it's always yeah, just putting yourself. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it looks good to you, then it's it's good. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I mean, yeah, the photography is definitely something I want to get more into. I mean, it's always just been that side hobby. And, you know, like as I was saying before, how I resigned from PlayStation, which is getting burnt out from the corporate life. And I mean, photography, I mean, like in weddings and stuff, you can definitely make decent money. Um, Like what's this? Brandon uh, for he gave me a chance um, over the summer to shoot his wedding. So I was with all the HK guys, and oh nice, that was a, that was a wild, fun wedding. Um, <laughs> good experience to uh, do that. So hoping to oh, expand yeah. that for 2018. Yeah, I just did a uh, just did a podcast. I think my not the last one with Dresser, but the one before that, uh, Nick Amrine. Um, mm-hmm. He's a local photographer here that's uh, kind of made a name for himself. And he had moved out to L.A. for about three or four years and then moved oh. back here. And he owns his own uh, his own photography business and everything. And that was a pretty interesting podcast. So he's got, like, I think he's got, like, type 1 diabetes. And he he deals with that all the time and then shooting people around here. It's, it was a really cool story. Yeah, I'll listen to that one. Me and my wife, actually, we listened to, like, four or five of yours uh, when we were out camping this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, which actually I wanted to because how we were talking about, you know, at Excel and like growth of paintball and stuff. Um, I forget which one it was, but you mentioned like a two minute time clock to try and change paintball and it would be like race of seven points or something like that. Yeah. Cause I heard, um, you know, I'm going to give Ryan yeah. brand all the credit for it. It was Ryan brand in one of, uh, uh, zaps podcasts. And okay. it, it was weird because I'm going to give him credit for it, but I swear to God a week before that I was thinking about something like that and I was going to mention it. And then it just came, just went right through uh, Ryan's mouth and onto the podcast. Okay. I was like, yeah, I think it was in Drew's. You kind of were recapping it in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a change that I could see, too, for changing pro paintball up a little bit. Um, just so something has to happen and yeah. <laughs> speed things up a little bit. Yeah, because, I mean, this, this whole thing uh, from bottom to top is all experimental, right? We're, we're only doing what worked last year. And that's just how I think paintball has always been. And it's not until somebody comes along and tries to push a, a possible, possibly better idea and see if it works. But I, I think that's what that's what the off seasons need to be for, uh, not just to, you know, all right, well, how are we going to make this thing bigger next year? You know, what do we got? But, but actually, like, think, OK, what do we want to change and sit down right after a World Cup and be like, OK, what needs to change? Let's get some some uh, who cares the the higher ranked teams involved, and have them play out some scenarios, see what works, what doesn't work. And well, the then, winter, I mean, the winter classic would be a perfect time to you know. But even then, that, I mean, that's that should be the end result of what has already happened in the off season, like those bunkers that yeah. they made already. That was like definite thing. I don't know exactly what they did on. Uh, did they prototype it? to impact and x-factor in, or do they just go hey congratulations this is what next year is going to be that's true yeah <laughs> i mean i think a lot of those decisions happen um before anybody even tries the scenario on the field but i don't I, that's just my opinion i don't really know but i can only assume at that point. yeah no idea but i mean i i think the 
at least getting rid of that wall should open things up a little bit and make things interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to be um, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to feel like seven man. I feel, but on a shorter, smaller field. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about your um, your full page print magazines. Yep. Uh, you don't really have a name for them besides inside from inside the net, right? I mean, that's the name. Yeah, and then I'll do like issue one, and then oh, the whatever issues, that's right. it is. Yeah, yeah, it'll go. It goes by issues. So how did that come about? How did uh, did somebody tell you and say, "Hey, you should do a full print magazine"? No, um, for whatever reason, it was like February, February two thousand sixteen. I was like, I want to shoot paintball again. Um, not sure why, but um, <laughs> just hit me, and then like. I thought about like, cause I was kind of making photo books and stuff with my uh, landscape stuff. So I figured if I was going to go out, I'd like make a nice photo book for myself to remember the event and then kind of just roll from there that if I'm going to make it for myself, I might as well offer it to see if people would, you know, want it. And then, you know, that ended up being too expensive um, for a book to do. So that kind of led to researching a magazine. Um, and then I reached out to just one of my buddies who's still playing paintball, uh, Jeremy Doan. He plays for Wolfpack, semi-pro. Um, and he's a graphic designer at Under Armour. Um, so I reached oh, out nice. to him. Yeah, so I reached out to him, just asking him if he thought people might be interested in a magazine and stuff like that. And, I mean, he was honest. He said it, it could go either way. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I wanted to shoot Vegas, and that was my only plan was to shoot Vegas and put out some kind of print media. Um, and then Vegas rolled around. Well, sorry, to go back to that, um, I tried getting a pro pass to shoot the NXL, and they all said no. Um, and HK was the only company that said okay. I mean, because my portfolio was from like 2007, 2008. Right. So I could kind of get why some companies said no. <laughs> um, but luckily, HK dug the old shots and um, they gave me the chance and gave me a pro pass for Vegas 2016. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just really enjoyed it and then put out the first print magazine. I want to say it was like 24 pages, photos only. Mm -hmm. um, did okay. I mean, I wasn't expecting much. I mean, I was only posting it on Instagram, so whatever following at that time I had was who I was only reaching. Yeah, um, I think there was a void though for for that kind of content, physical yeah. in front of oh, your yeah. eyes content. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there are no other print magazines at that time. I think one other now has tried to come back, um, but yeah, I think um, back that that 2016, I think I was the only one at that time. Hmm. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it did okay. I I mean, like 60, I think it sold. Um, nice. But um, had a lot of fun shooting that, uh, seeing everyone again, all my old friends, uh, Brooklyn Bears, who I mentioned, I played with a few of them on the Lyft team. Mm -hmm. um, they ended up winning that Vegas event, uh, first semi-pro event, and they won it. So that got me just, you know, really hyped and <laughs> yeah. being around them. And, um, so then it kind of just sprung from there. and. Um, started staying with the Bears uh, at events and then working with HK um, to shoot like Dynasty and Russian Legion um, for them. So that brought me to what, Dallas, I think it was. That would explain all of the Dynasty and uh, Russian Legion photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Dynasty, 
I mean, like, 17-year-old me would be, like, dying right now. I mean, because, like, shooting, like, Dynasty and, you yeah, know, exactly. and doing the magazine and having, like, Oliver and Alex and Ryan, they've all written articles. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun connecting with all those guys and stuff like that with the magazine. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, – I, I was actually honored that you asked me to write one for yeah, you, and but, I really, really enjoyed coming up because I don't do that often, and I was thinking more and more about, like, coming out with some kind of pro-player blog of just – you know, blah about whatever. And when you mm-hmm. asked me, I was like, oh, "This is a perfect opportunity for me to, you know, to write right. something." It was I, I had a great time doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's been so good. With I mean, pretty much anyone I ask has been willing to write something down. And you know, like Alex Frazier, he gave me some like old thirty-five millimeter film pictures from like when him and Oliver st- first started playing. So yeah. scan those and put them in the magazine and. Um, yeah, I mean, just the support has been really good from all the players reaching out to help with it. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's needed. And, um, I, I think it was, I think it was Alex who had mentioned you in the podcast when I had him on. Um, and, uh, you know, he said what you're, what you're doing is needed, like that void we were talking about. And I think the way you're going about it, you know, no ads, no, not this straight, straight from, you know, from you to consumer or whoever you know whoever wants it and there's nobody else involved so that it leaves those those areas free for that full photo or for that article or or what have you so i think the way you've gone about it and just the pictures are amazing you know too so i i think i think paintball photography is one of the most underrated things but demanded things uh in paintball world because everybody loves themselves right everybody wants a picture of themselves I have a tough time of doing all the social media stuff and always taking a picture of myself and doing this and doing that. That's why I, I love having somebody else's perspective on it. Cause that's how I think of it. I was like, cause you never see yourself in that way. I can always see myself, you know, doing the whole phone in front of my face thing. I don't really enjoy that. I enjoy somebody else's perspective of it. And I think that's, that's why I, whenever I ask for photos, if you guys, if any of the photographers have any, I'm just, I'm, overwhelmingly grateful you know because it's it's a lot harder than what people think just to be at the event you know getting there being on the field and i mean you guys are on the field longer than we are half the time so <laughs> right, it's, yeah, it, there, yeah we're lot. usually out there you know first game to last game and um yeah i mean it's long days and then it doesn't end there then you know it's all the hours spent editing and yeah i, mean, I, I can't even tell you per magazine how long it takes me to you know go through my selects mm-hmm. and then um after it was like the dallas the second issue is when i started getting other photographers to submit uh photos to and give them sections in the back of the magazine that so smart is less work for you to do <laughs> <laughs> but um i mean even within that then it's select because they set they'll send me like their best like 2025 and then i'll cut it down to like uh about seven to nine photos to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just the, the amount of work going into the magazines, um, and I think it's shown to you from the second issue to now the 11th, um, as far as layouts and everything, how much they've changed and yeah. really improved with people's feedback, um, and stuff like that. I think it's cool too, like the other photographers, um, because I know a, a few of the other photographers that you've used, and I think it's. I think, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but I think that they're proud of having something in, in a magazine like that. And, you know, they can physically see it and, and, and have it in their hands. I think that's, I think that's something really cool, uh, that you're doing on your part. 
of, of including all those other photographers. Right, yeah. I mean, it's been great. I mean, just like the players are all willing to submit their work to, which, mm-hmm. I mean, just as much as, you know, it helps me expand the magazine. It's, you know, getting more people's names out, too, and helping out other photographers reach more people. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's been good. Um, hoping that we can do it for 2018, but... Yeah, I mean, so you guys heard it. If you, I, you know, I plan on putting this podcast up in the next couple of days. So you are still for hire at the moment for Vegas. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should be there Friday to Sunday. Um, just we'll see what happens as far as what contacts I get. I mean, if I don't get much, then I might just go Saturday Sunday. Um, as I mentioned, I mean, it's a lot of the same repetitive shots over and over again. So if it's up to me and my schedule, then probably just Saturday, Sunday. See, now if I hire you, I'll hire you for the whole day. And it, I, I would tell you, I want more shots off the field than I want on the field. And then we can just do a, just do a couple shots on the field and then just, just let's just go walk around everywhere. And we'll just take random photos. Yeah, that's the, I mean, like just speaking in money terms, like it could be easy, like, you know, just to go out and hire a bunch of teams and, but that just gets, I mean, you know, the repetitiveness of paintball. Like, I, I guarantee I could probably give, like, an accurate scouting report on impact for any team on Sunday, and they perform pretty well. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally watching every point. So that's why it's kind of hard working with, you know, some companies, too, because they want you there all three days. But at the same time, you know, normally for photographers, you can get what you need in, like, a day. Yeah. And it's just all extras from there. But, yeah. um I mean, anyone that's willing to help me to get there, I'll be there whatever days they need. So, <laughs> so where where can they find you uh, if they need to contact you about that? Uh, really, just I mean, all Instagram. Um, I have the website too, from inside the net dot com, and then my uh, email is from inside the net pb at gmail dot com. Um, but I would say Instagram is probably where I'm the most active and do the most communicating. And that's inside the net. Yeah, from inside the net. Yeah, I've been trying to get Rennick to hire a photographer for uh, for Vegas, just so we can. I, I want to see more pictures of Bruno, like just tense and in the moment, and just like, because everybody sees, and even the calm ones too, because I mean, he's settled down a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, since he came back. But uh, I mean, that's that's one problem yeah. that aftershock has is we we don't have much media going on. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. Uh, I don't know if it's often forgot about, but, you know, like after an event, us photographers will get a ton of messages about, hey, where can I get photos? Can I get photos? And it's like, come on. <laughs> Last week I put up a hum for hire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So everybody, again, you heard it here. Brad is up for hire. Get a hold of him. Instagram um, has a website. I, I, I keep forgetting to I gotta. I keep pushing my website aside. Like I'm trying to do the whole square space thing. That's what I use. And uh, I'm trying. I just don't. I don't have any time to do it. And but but I want to do it because there's. I want to put the blog up there. I want to put videos and everything up there. And I just need to stop bitching and do it. Yes. I mean, luckily Squarespace. I mean, it's so simple. I remember like when I first started um, with like the websites for paintballs using like Dreamweaver, like yeah. you know HTML code and stuff like that. So Squarespace is uh, a little spoiled now with it. I'm so glad it's dumbed down because there's yeah. no way, unless I was coding from a young age, that I'd be able to figure out how to do it. You know, before then. All right, Brad, man, I will let you get back to it. Um, I thank you so much for sitting down with me. Uh, I had a great time. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, this was fun. And uh, 
enjoyed your time and hopefully we'll speak again soon. See you at Vegas. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, Brad, for sitting down with me. And, uh, you know, I love hearing your side of things. I, you know, I, I follow his Instagram. So, you know, I, I like the, uh, the things that he points out that's, you know, not everything is all peachy keen everywhere. And, you know, everything, you know, everything needs work. Everything can improve. Everything can, you know, be better. And, uh, and he tends to, uh, you know, lean the way of trying to figure out how we can, you know, how we can make this better. And it's, it's, I believe it's all positive, you know, and, and, you know, he has a right to his opinion and, uh, and, and it, just like everybody does. So we're, all we're trying to do is better the league, um, better the sport. And, uh, I, I believe he, with the following that he has, you know, he's, uh, he has some good points. He just does. But, uh, but, but thanks Brad for sitting down. Uh, just a quick recap of our sponsors thank you to dr paintball like i said they have a trade in your gear program head over to drpaintball.com and you can find out all about that uh you know it's up at the top kind of the top portion you click on the trade on your gear and uh and they got a big old thing for you to read i didn't read it because i'm not trading in my gear but if you go over there and do that they will help you out um and i think it's a really cool program though um like i said make sure you check it out drpaintball.com also brought to you by carbon Paintball, CC line, SC line, gloves, packs, pants, jerseys, uh, the base layer. I am a big fan of the uh, the SC base layer. I wear the tops and the bottoms. Super comfortable. Um, that's the only protection uh, as far as paintball wise. You know, with sliding and diving around that uh, that I like. I mean, it's the, the knee pads stay in place. The uh, the elbow pads stay in place. It's a great product. Make sure you check it out, carbonpaintball.com. And like I said, capital T-P-O-P, the promo code at checkout, and you will get 10% off your entire order. We are also brought to you by Planet Eclipse. Check out the G-Tech, um, the mechanical frame. That thing is nasty. It's so much fun. And, um, you know, if you are terrible at shooting autocockers like myself, I'm sure you will enjoy shooting this thing. It, it's, it's a riot. And, uh, you know, Planet Eclipse has year after year after year come out with amazing markers and uh, you know like I said before I'm a big fan of the LV platform it just works for me it just works for me check them out planeteclipse.com I'm sure you all heard of it but uh, thank all of you out there for listening really 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 do appreciate it uh, you know it, it, it means a lot when I get, get messages and everything saying you know that you know they, they, they listen to my podcast at work or at uh, you know driving or driving to practice or anything like that. I mean that's what this is for, man. You know I, I want to spread the paintball story and uh, you know everybody's paintball story because everybody has one because we all tell each other our paintball story all the time, but they're just not recorded. So um, that's what I'm trying to uh, what I'm trying to do with this podcast. So thank you all out there. And if you don't know, you can find me and message me and just chit chat with me over on social media. Uh, Instagram is Carl underscore Markowski. And uh, Facebook is Carl Microwave Markowski. Give me a holler. Give me a shout. And uh, we will see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.